0: Uh, Pastor Chris and Julie both are at home with the flu, and so we have postponed the youth service until Sunday evening, the 12th of November. Uh, some of us are, are old fogies, and we're too ornery to get the flu, I guess, at least, uh, at least today anyway, but uh, pray for Chris and Julie that they'd bounce back. But it uh, turns out I have a, a message that I had prepared for the Sunday afternoon service two weeks ago. And the testimony time went uh, long enough that I, I, I knew better than to try to share that message with you. We had just had dinner, <laughs> and it was nap time on Sunday afternoon anyway. And so we just kind of gave you a little bit of a summary, of the, end, the end of things uh, that Sunday. Uh, and I didn't know if I'd ever get to preach this message. But uh, God worked things out, and uh, we had her prepared. And we will share it with you tonight. It's leftovers, in fact, uh, it's, been, it's been cooked, but it's never been served before. How's that? So it, it's fresh leftovers. And I would like to direct your attention this evening to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And we're talking tonight about, as you might expect, the importance of youth ministry. And we don't have many uh, teenagers here tonight. What children we have are downstairs with Junior Church, but you know what, it's, uh, it's good for us to be here because this matter of youth ministry is important to all aspects of the church, the whole age demographic of the church. Uh, Twenty-nine years ago, when God was dealing with me about a change in ministries, and I was considering number of different churches one of the factors that made first batches of Carroll very attractive to me was the youth ministry here and uh, some of you that remember back then might think that's a little strange because there wasn't even a youth pastor here at that time but uh, it was encouraging uh, because even though there was no youth pastor there were youth at this church and i, I had kids i had four kids that were still at home our oldest was Uh, in eighth grade and our youngest hadn't started school yet and so it was important to me that there be other young people in the church for my children to fellowship with and to grow up with in the lord and so the fact that there were there were young people here uh was a real real encouragement you know it's a sad thing today there are a lot of churches that are dying because there's no young people there. there there's no teens there's no kids and that that's a very sad thing what's going to happen when the the older folks that are there die off well that church is going to be going to be gone so it is a very it was was a very encouraging thing then it's still encouraging to me now we have young people uh, may not be any here on sun, this sunday night but thank god we have young people and uh, that's a real blessing also uh, uh, even though there was no youth pastor there were there were youth at the church and there were were youth leaders there was Joyce Henry and there were some other youth leaders and there there were parents that were involved in youth ministry they had a love for the lord and they had a love for teens and they were willing to uh, invest their lives in in teens and in ministry and in quizzing and things like that and that was that was exciting to see And I am thankful today for what the youth ministry of this church has meant to my children and uh, some of my grandchildren that have benefited as well whenever they've been here uh, visiting us, even though they haven't really lived in the the Carroll area very much at all. And um, I I thank God for the the other scores of, of people over the years that have been impacted by the youth ministry of the First Baptist Church of Carroll and uh, i i just uh, thank god for pastor mark for pastor chris for joyce henry for the barons for jeff and julia and and all the involvement that they've had in youth ministry over the years and anybody here that's been involved in it folks that have been involved in awana and whatnot uh, you you haven't wasted your time i rejoice that we have a youth group alumni Serving the Lord, some of them in this church. Thank God the Lord seemed fit to leave a few of them here in Carroll at First Baptist, but we got so many more that have moved out to other places. And they're serving the Lord in other local churches all over the place. And that is thrilling to me to think about that fact. You know, the selfish side of me says, Well, Lord, why didn't you leave a few more of them here for us to have? To bless this church, but they're a blessing in, in other churches where God has where God has taken them. And what a blessing it is that we still have young people in our church in 2017, and we still have people building into their lives. And I pray that First Baptist Church will never become a church of just senior saints. I thank God for the senior saints. Somehow or other i've turned into a senior saint gone from a young preacher into a senior saint here and how's that happen it happens so quickly Uh, but it's important that we have older folks in the church and we never want to play down that the the wisdom and, and the value that they are within a local church but god spare us from just being a church of senior saints because the next step is the church is going to die. we we got to be reaching out to young people. we got to care about teens and about children and and children's ministry, and it's vital that we continue to shape the ministry and the methodology to effectively minister to young people as well as old. Now, we never want to get away from the gospel. We never want to change the message. We don't dare do that. That, that, would, that would be anathema before God if we ever changed the, methods, the, 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 the message. And, and we also want to be always Christ-honoring and God-glorifying in any methodology that we use. Uh, we need to be careful to, to do that. But uh, this, this evening, I'd like to, to consider some ways in which we as a church and as individuals can help young people That God brings into our lives as suggested here in the book of Ecclesiastes. Had you turn to chapter 11? I want to begin reading here at verse 9 this evening, where it says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. They're fleeting. They're disappearing. So remember now, your creator, in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them, And then it goes into a very depressing uh, analogy of, of what old age is like. And we're not going to get into that tonight. We're talking about youth here this evening. If you want to know what old age is going to be like, you pick it up. Start reading again here at verse 2 and go on through and see what's in store for you in 10 or 20 years or whatever. But uh, tonight, several things that we, we need to help young people do. Number one, we need to help young people appreciate the joys of youth. You know, you may not be aware of this, but, but God wants us to enjoy life. He wants young people to enjoy youth. Now, when we talk about youth, young people, the term youth here in, talks about young man and talks about youth. Uh, the, the, the Hebrew and Greek terms that are translated youth uh, are like our English word. They're, they're very imprecise. You know, what, what is youth? What is young? Well, some of us still think that we're young, right? Compared to Methuselah, we are, right? But uh, they're very imprecise, and the, the terms that are used are used of people in Scripture from, from infancy, on up through maturity, going through adolescence and puberty and even into the the, the young part of being mature, uh, even the early years of adulthood. So for our purposes today, we'll be thinking in terms of of children and teens and college age young folks, okay, like up through the, the early 20s. That's what we're thinking of here. And we have a responsibility to folks in that age group, as a church, as individuals, as parents, as teachers, as youth sponsors, as Awana leaders and whatnot, we have a responsibility to continue to focus attention on children of all ages and teens and folks in their early 20s. It's important that we dedicate money to that as a church. It's important that we focus attention and ministries in that area. Uh, that's why we called Pastor Chris as youth pastor. That's why we are thankful that uh, Rachel Hagers agreed to serve as a, a children's ministry director here at this point. Uh, that's why part of Pastor Mark's responsibility as associate pastor is to minister to young people who have finished high school. It's important that we focus in that direction. But, but what should we try to do in our youth ministry and our ministry to young people? Well, one thing we must do is to strive to convince them that there is joy in serving Jesus. It's enjoyable to live for God. It's enjoyable and satisfying to walk in this life hand in hand with the savior the, the devil wants to convince young people otherwise they want to show them okay you'll have a good time over here in, in rebelling against god and rebelling against parents and rebelling against the truths of the gospel and one of the things we need to focus on is helping to convince young people that there really is joy in, in following the lord jesus christ and living for him and uh, you may not realize it, but god's intention is that his people enjoy life the westminster confession says that the that god's purpose for man is that we we know god and we enjoy him forever what god wants he wants us to live in fellowship with him to know him and to enjoy him god's enjoyable you know there there are people that come into our lives that are enjoyable I married my wife because she's enjoyable I enjoy spending time with her and being with her I'm thankful for children that God has brought into our lives who most of the time have been in enjoyable and now grandchildren who are always enjoyable right Uh, God wants us to enjoy him and he wants us to teach young people to enjoy the Lord in the That's what you see here in verse 9. Rejoice, O young men, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Enjoy your youth. Appreciate your youth. Well, how do you do that? We'll talk about that a little bit more in just just a minute. But one of the first things we need to nail down is that God really does want his people to enjoy life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I have come... That you might have life, and you might have it what? More abundantly. He wants us to have abundant life. He wants us to have satisfying life. He wants us to have enjoyable life. That's one of the things the Lord wants for us. In in John chapter 15, just a little ways over, we find that, that Jesus said that, I've come and I say these things to you, that your joy may be full. He wants us to have full joy and, and then he goes on and talks about what's involved in having that full joy well first of all we got to have christ because without him we can do nothing and, and having that full joy involves bearing fruit and, and serving god and walking in fellowship with him uh, loving god loving others those things are involved in, in having this full joy first john chapter 1 and verse 4 talks about the same thing john says these things i've written that you might have joy wants to have joy and, and that our, our joy would be full genuine joy not fleeting happiness but true and lasting and genuine joy the lord wants that for his people and in philippians 4 4 what's it say over there rejoice in the lord always and again, I say, rejoice. Do you get the idea? We could develop this more fully. Do we need to? God wants His people to enjoy life. He wants young people to enjoy life. We need to help convince them that living for God is something that is enjoyable. Obeying God can be very gratifying. Serving God can bring uh, continuing satisfaction. Worshiping The Savior you love is not boring. I contend if you love Jesus, worshiping Him is not a boring thing, is it? It's a thrilling thing. Worshiping means focusing on God and and recognizing His worthiness, His worthfulness. And that's what worship is. And we recognize God and contemplate who He is and what He's done for us. And, And that's not boring. But on the contrary, is enjoyable, and it is inspiring. Well, to to have this this real joy, if it's going to be genuine, there's a requirement, and and the requirement for that is knowing God. If you're going to have something that's not just fleeting happiness, and not just a little temporary pleasure knowing god is very very crucial to that in fact if you've studied ecclesiastes and you have because most of us have studied it together at some point what's the theme of the book of ecclesiastes a phrase that's repeated again and again through the book vanity vanity all is vanity that's kind of depressing but what's he say about that For, for who is is all vanity well under the sun, living life with no God introduced to it. Just living under the sun with no focus on God. If that's all your life's about, it's vanity. Because you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. We need to focus on the eternal. And we need to focus on God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we're told that we should trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We should acknowledge Him in all of our ways. We should not lean on our own understanding, but as we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He'll direct our paths. And He'll direct our paths in a life that is satisfying, that is enjoyable. Now, that doesn't mean it's always fun or it's always easy, but there's always that joy. By the way, what is joy? It is a deep-seated sense of well-being that comes from knowing how well off you really are. Thank you, Tom Harmon, for that definition. I think I've repeated that and quoted him maybe more than anybody else. But I love that definition. That's what joy is all about. Deep-seated sense of well-being. A deep-seated sense of well-being. We're in good shape, Tim. That comes from knowing how well off we really are. Whether our health is a mess, whether our finances are in bad shape, whether our neighbors are a bunch of jerks, whether the people you work with are a bunch of turkeys. Somebody wrote one time, how do you soar with the eagles when you work with a bunch of turkeys? Well, sometimes it feels that way. But you know, when you're in situations like that, we're still well off. Why? Because we got a loving Heavenly Father. we got a Savior who shed His blood for us on the cross of Calvary we got a Savior who rose again the third day. We've got the Lord Jesus who's our, our Lord, our Savior, and one of the days he's coming back and going to catch us up into the clouds to meet him in the air, and then he's going to take us back to the place he's been preparing for us. We're well off, aren't we? Yeah, we got some difficult things we're called upon to face in this life, and God never promised us exemption from all that. But we're well off. We're really well off. And when we realize that, boy, that gives us something. Or even when we got tears in our eyes and a a quiver in our voice, we got that joy deep down in our heart like we sing about in the song, right? So got that going for us. And the requirement for having that kind of joy is to, to know God and to recognize that without Him, nothing in this life really satisfies. That the, the, the pleasures of sin, and by the way, in case you never figured this out, there is pleasure in sin. If there wasn't any pleasure in sin, we wouldn't be tempted by it, would we? The problem is that pleasure is so short lived, it's temporary. And uh, Moses taught, we, we see that in the, the life of Moses over in Hebrews 11. Starting verse 24, going through verse 28, it said he gets to the point in his life where he refuses to become this the to be called the the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he refuses to, to live just for the pleasures of sin, which are what? For a season. They're temporary. But he would rather suffer reproach with the people of God than to live for those temporary pleasures. And so pleasures of sin are but for a season. They don't last. In the long run, with sin, there is a great price to pay. And we can't control what that price is going to be. Our life needs to be lived with a view toward eternity and a focus on God. And our responsibility towards young people concerning this joy is to try to convince them of that. Well, How do you do that? Well, first, we we teach. We teach them God's word. And we, we trust the Spirit of God to take the Word of God and impact the young people in their lives. I'm so thankful for the ally of the Holy Spirit when it comes to teaching young people, whether it be our own uh, family or whether it be within the church family. Sometimes that can be a tough task to carry out, but we got an ally, the Holy Spirit of God and we don't have to do everything ourselves the holy spirit can work in hearts and lives aren't you glad for that in fact when it comes to ministering to people as a whole i'm so thankful that it's the holy spirit that changes people and convicts people and works in their heart and in their life Uh, I, i think we need to provide opportunities for young people to enjoy life and enjoy learning about and worshiping and serving the lord jesus give them opportunities to serve and and give them opportunities for some good clean fun with other christian people with, with christian adults other christian teens you know what if, if we don't provide some things for young people to do guess what the world's out there with all kinds of things that are not wholesome that that are not good that, that are going to pull upon them so it's important that we do that i'll tell you what some of the crazy things that i hear about about teens doing and about youth pastors planning and carrying out whether it be pastor mark or whether it's pastor chris i'm glad it's them and not me you know staying up all night sometimes can you tell me what's the attraction about staying up all night that doesn't attract any of us here does it that's why mark got out of youth ministry he didn't want to stay up all night anymore and amanda didn't either but you know what teenagers love to stay up all night and they love to stay up late and there's a place for having lock-ins that go late and things like that and uh, joyce got out of youth ministry for that that reason as well she doesn't want to stay up late anymore but hey There's a place where we as a church and a church family need to recognize teens are different than we are. And we need to be providing ministries to them that connect with them. Thank God for youth pastors that have some creativity, that have some energy, that have some enthusiasm that can involve themselves in things like that. That's a, that's a great thing. We need to do what we can to protect our kids to protect them from the 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 attractions of this world whether it be parents who have curfews for their kids whether it be parents that have rules you know whose kids are probably going to think they're overprotective and overbearing you know what we got to do that we have to do that and we have to be careful in the things that we do as a, a church to do all we can to protect our teens, you know, in youth groups, stuff like that. And you got to have rules against uh, public displays of affection and handholding and things like that. Well, why do you have to do that? Hormones, you know. They're, they're need, we need to do all we can to protect them and to warn them. Why put on a purity campaign every April uh, to help protect our kids? Share with them some things the world's not going to share. One of the things that we we used for a number of years was a video that that talked about sexually transmitted diseases. The world doesn't talk about that. You know, we we hear the free love and go do what you want to do, and sexually transmitted diseases are in epidemic proportions in our country and in the world. And you don't hear that on CNN. You don't have features on that, uh, but that, that's a reality. And our young people need to be. To Have some protection. And then here's here's a big one. You and I need to set a joyful example for young people. You know, one of the things that impacted me way back when I was in in college and got involved in a little church plant out in New Jersey was people there that really had a spirit of joy about. They loved the lord they enjoyed life they they were happy they they had that they had that spirit about them they weren't grumblers and complainers they they were positive people and what kind of a message do we communicate i I hope it's a a positive one where where people know that we love the lord and we enjoy life I, i thank god for the opportunity to be around christian people as a pastor for all the years that god's allowed me to do that christian people are the most wonderful people in the world now any of us could be grouchy sometimes and, but but you know what what a joy to be able to see people that love the lord and enjoy i've had some great times over the years doing some fun things with other christian people the hills host a, a, a board supper about every year in, in January. It's supposed to be a Christmas supper, but we can never squeeze it in around Christmas time. It's usually pushed off. Lisa Hill's nuts. <laughs> she she puts together some of these games, and you know what? We have a great time. You would be amazed at some of the people that you've elected to be the leadership <laughs> in this church. They they have a great time and enjoy life together. Those of you who've been there, is that true? Hey. That's wonderful, isn't it? And it's great when young people can see that in our lives. We, 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 we're not miserable. We're not a bunch of sourpusses. We weren't weaned on dill pickles. You know, we, we, we love the Lord and we enjoy life. And it's important that we communicate that to young people. Secondly, according to this passage of Scripture, we need to help young people remember their accountability in in uh, verse 9 the last part of the verse says walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes make choices make decisions choose your path you know god allows us to do that god allows us to to make choices about which direction we're going to go in life now he gives us guidelines just like adam and eve he told them eat from any tree in the garden that you want to just don't eat from the one tree the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil. But he gave them the opportunity to make choices. And he gives us opportunities to make choices, to choose our path. But there's a caution here that he throws out. Know that as you choose your path, you choose the things you're going to do, you make the decisions that you do. One of these days, recognize, know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Know that there is an accountability to God that's something else we need to get across to young people help young people remember their accountability and that involves sharing the gospel with young people you know hey there's no young person alive that's that's ever lived a perfect life and none that are dead either but uh, we need to share with them the great news of the gospel thinking about thinking about giving an account to God Makes us aware of our need of a Savior, doesn't it? Oh, I'm going to have to give an account to God for that? Wow. Man, I'm never going to get to heaven on my own. That's the first step to getting to heaven, by the way. Recognizing you're not going to get there on your own. You need a Redeemer. You need a Savior. And I am so thankful that Jesus completely paid the penalty for my sin. And I don't have to give an account to God relating to my eternal destiny aren't you glad for that we're never going to have to stand before god if we know christ as savior where our eternal destiny is in the balance that's already settled isn't it when was that settled that was settled the moment that we took jesus christ to be our savior and we'll never give an account to god that well it's going to be determined here in the next five minutes what your eternal destiny is Hey, that's already taken care of. When we trusted Christ, that was we, we will stand as Christians before the beam of seat of Christ. But our eternal destiny is not in question there. You know what is in question? The matter of reward and our faithfulness, and what are we going to do for the Lord through all of eternity? And and what we get to do for the Lord for all of eternity is based upon our faithfulness and utilizing the gifts and the opportunities that he's given to us in this lifetime but we think about giving an account and uh, when we're in christ the account will all will give to him concerns faithfulness and rewards. one of the things we need to remember is that most people come to christ while they are children the latest george barna survey that i came across from just a few years ago says that 43 percent of americans who become born-again Christians do so before reaching the age of 13 is our Awana ministry and Sunday school ministry important 43% of people who become Christians in America do it before they get to be 13 Wow, that's even before junior high school that's our Awana ministry our Sunday school ministry and 64% of those who make a commitment to Christ do so before their 18th birthday is youth ministry important should we be getting the gospel out to teens should we be trying to reach out into the high school and 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 get in the gospel before them we sure should because most of the people that trust christ are going to do so before they reach 18 years of age says 13 percent do so between the ages of 18 and 21 That's a rather narrow parameter there, 18 to 21. And and only 23% of American Christians embrace Christ after the age of 21. That's from 21 to 120, or 150, or whatever. Only 23%. Most people that come to know Christ do so as children and teenagers very very important that we be involved in in sharing the gospel of those young people by the way surveys for the last 20 years have been roughly the same and the fact of the matter is as people get older the percentages of those that get saved get steadily smaller the fact is not many people in their 70s or 80s get saved can they get saved? yeah if they'll put their faith in christ but sadly not many do not many do should we still share the gospel with folks in their 70s and 80s sure and we try to do so all the time so it's important that we remind young people of the accountability that they have to god and that that our our, our children's ministry and our teen ministry and our young adult ministry be focused on getting the gospel out you know and and one of the things we need to be challenging our, our, our children and our teens and our young adults with is the need for them to be sharing the gospel with their friends. You know, they got friends that you and I are, are probably maybe never going to get to see. But if they can share the gospel with them, and I thank the Lord that in our Wana program, they've, they've worked with the, uh, the, the colors from the the wordless book, I think you've used a bracelet, haven't you, Tim? And, and shown the kids how to use the colors of the of the wordless book, and and share the gospel with their with their 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 friends. And I tell you, one of the thrilling things is when you hear about a young person that's led somebody else to Christ. Or somebody that's led maybe even a brother or sister to Christ. We baptized some folks a little while back, and they they shared that their older brothers and sisters had and share the gospel with them and help help them to come to christ so extremely extremely important lastly or thirdly anyway we need to help young people remember their creator in the days of their youth remember now your creator in the days of your youth we need to remind young people that we are created we have a creator we are not the product of blind chance and happy accidents we have a creator and our young people today are being brainwashed they really are in the school system and National Greek National Geographic channel on TV or the Discovery Channel man that, that evolutionary garbage is bombarding them. And, and w- when you think about the fact, well, you know, we're just highly evolved animals. There's no difference between us and a chimpanzee, except the chimps can do more with their toes than what we can. Uh, why, why wouldn't people have a low view of life when it comes to that? Why, why would they, they not sense any accountability to God? Why would they not get depressed? You know, if you're just like a chimp and you're here and you're going to live and you're going to die and that's all there is to it. But my Bible tells me that we are created by a sovereign creator. And we are created in the image and the likeness of God. In many ways, we are like God. God made us that way. So we could communicate with Him and communicate with each other and we are fearfully and wonderfully made and I, and i am so thankful for organizations like answers in genesis and some of the things that they're doing to help get that message out i'm thankful for a professor i had in seminary named john whitcomb who wrote the genesis flood along with henry morris that emphasized this fact that that there is a creator and that evolution's not true We have a God that supernaturally brought all things into existence, and and, and He loves us. And He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die on Calvary's cross in our behalf. In fact, He loves us so much that He became a man in the person of the Lord Jesus, and He went to the cross as the God-man, and there shed His blood for us. Everything that's been made, Jesus made. That needs to be part of our message we get out helping our young people to remember there is a creator. I'm thankful for good materials that have been put out along those lines. I'm thankful for something like the Creation Museum, Noah's Ark that's been built. Man, I wish they'd have had those things when I was a kid to take advantage of. Creation Magazine, Answers in Genesis website. Check that website out sometime. They got some fantastic stuff on that website to help emphasize the fact that we are created there's also abundant biblical teaching on on creationism we talked this morning about the fact that the word of god is under subtle attack still today uh, it's, it's not being totally ignored the way that it was in the middle ages in the roman catholic church but i'll tell you one of the areas was being attacked is the first 11 chapters of genesis where people will say, well, yeah, I believe in the inspiration of Scripture, but as it's interpreted correctly, and, and you've got to interpret the uh, first 11 chapters of Genesis in a non-literal fashion, seeing that it's just teaching allegories and myths and stuff like that, that's garbage. When it says that God in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and He did it out of nothing, that's exactly what it means. And to help us recognize that, what's it do in the rest of Genesis 1? And then in Genesis chapter 2, it tells us, on the first day, here's what God created. Second day, here's what he created. By the way, every evolutionary scheme there is has the sun in existence before man comes out of the primordial slime. And in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, what's it tell us? It says the sun didn't come into existence until the what? the fourth day, and I've said this before, it's like God saying, don't you dare try to harmonize what I've done with any man-made explanation for the origins of things. You can't do it. You can't do it. So we need to emphasize and remind young people that we are created. We're not the product of blind chance. We are created in the image and the likeness of God, and we need to recognize that Jesus who died on the cross for us is our eternal creator important message to get out uh it's where it's one of the areas where the battle's being fought today it really is and we need to keep standing for biblical truth in in that particular area and uh, we also need to remind young people that youth is fleeting verse 10 in chapter 11 says therefore remove sorrow from your heart put away evil from your flesh for childhood and youth are what says vanity the idea is fleeting that means it's here today gone tomorrow and for most of us it was here yesterday (laughs) and it's gone today right youth is fleeting Uh, you're not always going to have the same amount of energy that you have to serve the Lord today. So you know what? you better serve the Lord today. sometimes folks will apologize to me well oh, I just I just can't do what I did before. you know I'm, I'm sorry I can't come out for this or I can't do that and one of the things I always encourage people aren't you glad? you did all that you could for the Lord back when you had the opportunity to do so. don't live with regrets in the last part of chapter 12 verse 1 it says you better remember now the creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say I have no pleasure in them two ways you can take that don't have a whole lot of pleasure in the days of old age the other way you can take that and that's one I prefer Is getting to the place where you look back over your life and you say as I look back over my life I don't have any pleasure in it it's a terrible thing to live with regrets isn't it let me encourage each of us tonight live our lives so that we don't have regrets and if we we have some regrets then let's live our life today so that we won't regret it in the future Pastor Mark, Pastor Chris, and your sickbed, Joyce, all the others that have been involved in youth ministry, all the hours that you've invested in ministering to the teens of First Baptist Church have not been wasted. It's been worth the time, the effort that you have put in. Youth leaders, past and present, future ones, Tim, Lisa, Awana workers, Sunday school teachers, nursery workers, parents. It's worth it. It's worth it to invest in the lives of young people. Do they wear you out? Do they frustrate you sometimes? Yeah, because they're immature. And you don't always know, okay, is this physical immaturity? Is this spiritual immaturity? Or what is it? Well, what do you do in a situation like that? You're patient with them. You don't give up on them. And it's worth it when you keep hanging in there and do what you can to glorify Christ in our outreach to them. So here's your leftovers. You could have heard this two weeks ago. You wouldn't have heard as much of it then because I wouldn't have had as much time. But uh, bottom line, youth ministry is important in First Baptist Church and in any church. And we need to recognize that. And we need to go out of our way to make sure we are ministering to children and teens and young adults. Sometimes it may make us a little uncomfortable. But you know what? It's important that we love them and reach out to them with the love of Jesus Christ. As we wrap things up tonight, would you turn to your hymnals one more time? 518. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Well, how do you serve the Lord for a long time? You start early. You start young. Don't don't waste it. Serve the Lord with as much of our lives as we possibly can. 518. Stand together while we sing. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controlled, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I served him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows, the more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven my heart overflow. Longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. applying, plentious grace he bestowed. Every day my way gets brighter, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows more that i love him more love he bestowed each day is like heaven my heart overflow the longer i serve him the sweeter he grows father thank you for the many young people we've had the privilege to minister to over the years at first baptist church lord we we thank you for folks here tonight that have been teens and children in the, the youth and children's ministry of this church in years gone by father we thank you for the young people you've entrusted to us to minister to right here right now and father we thank you for each person that's involved in those vital ministries and we pray they will always be an important ministry of first baptist church help us to always be relevant lord in the way that we minister to the teens and the young people that you send our way help us to reach out to, to others and draw them in help them to love help us to love them to christ glorify yourself through all that we say and do we pray in jesus name amen